This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, I want to get to flip the score. Okay, educate me, football swami. How are we going to do this when the Bears lose a game? How are we going to flip the score and look at the bright side? Or how, how are we going to proceed with this exercise? Well, I think it became obvious on Monday afternoon that Matt Eberflus listens to this podcast because he said that he spoke to his players on Monday afternoon and said, let's take out the end result and just evaluate the performance within the end result. Okay. So, so, so uh, would you Good. agree? You think that yeah. Coach Eberflus is, is listening on the drive to and from I, Hallis, I think right? he does. Yeah. yeah. I text him, say, Flusey, turn, turn us on. You might learn something from Dan. So, so in this regard, obviously, we've spent a lot of time in this podcast highlighting all the things that the Bears need to work on. I think then your, your goal after a loss is to find some silver linings, right, and to, to accentuate some positives. For Matt Eberflus on Monday afternoon, it was the, 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 the kind of grit and resilience they showed in the second half of that game when things had gone a little bit haywire. They got a freebie takeaway. It wasn't a, a takeaway that they really forced because it was a missed, fumbled exchange between Aaron Rodgers and A.J. Dillon that they took over. They turned it into points. Okay, that's a positive. You can take a, 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 a turnover from the opposition and turn it into points. And then you get another stop beyond that, right? And now all of a sudden you're, you're kind of knocking on the door, right? Now we can potentially change this game. You're down 24 to 10 and you go with your most impressive drive of the season, a run heavy march down the field. As we mentioned, 103 rushing yards on the drive right to the doorstep of the goal line. These are very strong, strong positive developments. There weren't enough of them Sunday night, no doubt about that. But we would have been talking about it the score was flipped, how well the Bears played on that drive and staying committed to the run and going right down the field and running it down the Packers' throat and ultimately getting it into the end zone. They all, As you know, they the officials ruled they were short. They may have actually crossed it. We'll see about that. I like this exercise. I do because it's the way that you would look at the, the your team if you watched it on tape and you didn't know that you lost and you weren't dejected. This is the way you coach Guys, to get better, you accentuate some of the positive, you work on the negatives. All right, in that vein, it's impossible to ignore that the Bears had 180 rushing yards with an offensive line that came into the season being considered one of the worst in the league. Yeah. So they've got to do something well. I know that's not just all David Montgomery getting the extra yard and doing the the jump cut as they fo- focused on so much on NBC like they had never seen it before. <laughs> but uh, I, I Demo, as Flusi calls them, this offensive line might be taking that forward and finding something they do well. And you can grow from that. Now, I still think that there are issues with Larry Borm on the right side and Braxton Jones on the left. I don't know how long they are uh, there. Maybe, Dan, they're going to go through some growing pains. Maybe they, they stick with them through thick and thin. But Tevin Jenkins and Cody Whitehair, watching the tape again today, both of those guys had few, few only few instances, instances where they stood out for negative reasons. I think they both had strong games. 
I'll be honest, Sam Mustard had a couple moments where he'll want back and he's going to have a hard time watching that tape. I'm sure that was difficult because he didn't wasn't strong. He's a man child. He's a great player. Um, So I wonder, Lucas Patrick, the way that they talk through this, is he eventually going to be the replacement there? If he is and he's an upgrade, all of a sudden you've got guys who can run the football and get you the tough yard when you need it on fourth and goal uh, from the one-yard line. And maybe whenever you want to control the ball and set up play action, you can do that with the running game and offensive line. So that would be my biggest positive. The other one, a uh, guy who's going to overlook this season a little bit and probably uh, that's not such a bad thing, but Jalen Johnson wasn't yeah. even a chance yeah. that Aaron Rodgers no better. And whether it's just – Winston uh, design, Jalen Johnson established himself as a guy you want to stay away from. So I think that's one of those things on tape. Yeah, and I also think we talked about earlier with Travis Gibson showing up in a in a big stage, big moment was a big deal for this team because it, the, the more Travis can make uh, opposing quarterbacks think about him, the better off this defense will be. I think he's feeling very comfortable in the system, and so that's another another positive they can carry into Week Three. Which I, I'm going to reiterate once again that, that this is far from a, an exhale week, right? The Houston Texans are, are are coming here with every intention of winning their first football game of the season, with every uh, capability of doing so. And so I, I just really, really hope that this Bears team is alert enough to understand where they stand uh, in this league. The last positive I will point out in that segment, Cairo Santos, 44-yard field goal. I know it was probably one that is routine. It was a good – they were good conditions. But after the week that he had in the open <laughs> I yeah. think that we need to congratulate a guy that uh, we were wondering, okay, you know, how secure is his job uh, if he starts to miss a couple more extra points. So congratulations to Cairo Santos for taking advantage of that very good field turf at Lambeau Field, which stood two straight Luke Combs concerts. <laughs> Night and then was ready for the big game on Sunday night. What a weekend in Green Bay, by the way. Luke Combs Friday and Saturday, and then the big show on Sunday night. Luke Combs, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to our final spot. Okay, so you mentioned this is a big week of preparation. Number one, I think on the field, you've got some room to grow, and they're definitely uh, coaching um, – there's a need for coaching here. And this is when a, a staff like Matt Eberflus's can get their hands on these guys, show them where they need to improve and start that process. But other, uh, the other aspect is that you have a mirror image coming in Lovey Smith and this, this team that is, you know, he's, he's Lovey Smith. We know that the cover two, we know what he means to the bears history. And you have Matt Eberflus who is trying to, in many ways, repeat that history. So there's some nice parallels. There's going to be some good storylines and a lot of reminiscing, but don't make, uh, th- don't forget about the fact that the bears have a football game to win. That should be more winnable than the last two really were. And they look at this on the schedule. Certainly there are no gimmies as you correctly point out, but you have to look at this one as a, as a game at home that you want to come out on top. You definitely want it. And for, for those in our audience who have the NFL plus uh, subscription, you can go watch, some footage of the Texans defense through the first two weeks. And you can see how they've made life uncomfortable for Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, who are far more proven established quarterbacks than Justin Fields is. And so if that doesn't give you a little bit of uh, anxiety and a little bit of that unsettled feeling in your stomach going into this, this game on Sunday, I don't know what will. Uh, so that's certainly something to keep an eye on. And we'll talk a lot more about the Texans in our, in our podcast later in the week, a couple other things offensively that I wanted to mention before we get out of here. Number one, uh, the offensive line, right? We're, we're still trying to, 
trying to figure out what that's going to look like long term. Matt Eberflus was pressed on Monday about the guard rotation with Tevin Jenkins and Lucas Patrick and really seemed to indicate that it's it's a matter of the strength in Lucas Patrick's right hand. And as soon as he's able to squeeze and snap a football, the rest of this rotation stuff will take care of itself, right? And so maybe that's this week. Maybe we get out to practice on Wednesday and we see Lucas Patrick uh, snapping the football with, without discomfort and, and, and that change comes quickly. The other thing, we talked so much uh, on Monday about the fourth and, and goal from inside the one play that we didn't talk enough about the third and goal play where Justin Fields makes a run outside the pocket, gets to the edge, tries to get in for the touchdown and makes that dive for the pylon, David. And I asked Matt Eberflus about this because I think it is significant when you're talking about a young quarterback learning risk reward. Justin reaches out. Remember, on the field, that play is ruled a touchdown because the football hit the pylon. Then the replay review shows that his knee was down with the football six inches short of the goal line. But it's also about two inches away from being a turnover inside the one-yard line that the Packers recover. And we all remember that Benny Cunningham play from the John Fox era where the Bears were ruled down. (laughs) And then John Fox challenged thinking it was a touchdown in the replay review show. (laughs) You know what, Coach? Sorry, it's actually the other team's ball. They just got a a turnover and a touchdown back out of it and so this is something I think you do have to coach into a young quarterback of knowing obviously you're playing catch up in the game and you need that big moment but boy you've got to make sure that if you're going to make a one-handed dive at that pylon that you secure that thing the whole way because if you turn the ball over there it's a a terrible terrible mistake in a pivotal moment of the game and I imagine that Luke Getze and Andrew Janoko and Matty Berflus have all talked to Justin Fields just about that that risk reward proposition in that situation. I'm very impressed that you have not repressed those memories from the Fox (laughs) era but yeah that was Foxy. That was one of his all-time great moments on the sidelines for the Bears. And, oh, Adam points out that Next Gen Stats said and reported Jalen Johnson has gone 61 consecutive snaps without coverage. Yeah. going back to last season. So there's respect building for a guy who – it might be ready to take that next step. We'll find out. And that's going to be something interesting to watch because uh, if you are Aaron Rodgers, if you're a veteran quarterback and offensive coordinator, you're going to attack the rookies. You're going to attack everyone else. Kendall Vildor, you're going to stay away from Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I mean, look, I am a big fan of the developmental arc that Jalen's been on since he was a rookie. I, I, you know, we talked about Travis Gibson earlier. You can add uh, Mooney and Komet to the discussion. That class of 2020, that draft class that had their entire, you know, first the no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, no minicamp, abbreviated training camp. These guys have really climbed a mountain here in the last two plus years to become potential difference makers. Jalen's certainly in that conversation, and so he deserves uh, some of the praise he's getting. Uh, one last note for me, what an entertaining day of football. The advantage of, of, of the Bears having a night game is you get to see around the league, and there were so many fireworks and entertaining games played on Sunday afternoon, David. I just want the Chicago Bears to be part of one of these highly entertaining football games sometime soon. I would love to be uh, at a game that is that unpredictable where you've got a 2% chance of, <laughs> of, of the team you're watching coming back and winning, and they – pull off that 2% chance like we saw happen a couple different times, whether it was the Jets or the Cardinals. That's what you want. Or the Dolphins. How about the Dolphins? Yes. Could could Justin Fields be that guy? Could he be Tua next year? I I don't know, but – 
No, I like I like that illusion there because think about what people were saying about Tua Tungavailoa in September of 2021, right? It's similar right. things that people are going to say about Justin now, and you have to wait. And 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 Tua now has Tyree Kill, and he's got Jalen Waddle, and he's got a new coach, and he's figuring things out, and he and he throws for 199 yards, four and four touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone in a comeback to bring his team back from 21 down for a riveting win. And so yeah, it, it, it's just a reminder that that the the rush to the insta verdict is is oftentimes misguided and we all got to sit patiently in this gray area and be comfortable with being uncomfortable.